is Midnight Alchemy with your alchemists, Jason Allen and Holly Jordan. Hello, everybody. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever and whenever you are. This is Midnight Alchemy, and I am only half of the dynamic duo, Jason Allen, and with me, Holly Jordan. Hello, Holly. Hey, how's it going, Jason? It, it Well, you see, uh, <laughs> where do I start? Right, uh, right. <laughs> Betsy decided to give up the ghost, and uh, so... Wah, wah. Yeah, so good news is I will be on another computer here probably in a day or two cool. with everything good to go, so there shouldn't be any downtime. Nice. But again, I didn't think there would be any downtime tonight either, so who knows? You're right. Hey, I am excited, right, because we have with us tonight Jason Hassler, and yes. he is a bevy of paranormal stories that I cannot wait to hear. Yeah. So so away we go. Let's introduce Jason. Hello, Jason. How's it going? Hey, good. And by the way, you have the best name ever. <laughs> Just throwing that out there, you know. You know, and I we used to work security quite a bit, so it was really fitting. Excellent. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And, yes. People will always be like, hey, are you gonna hassle me? You know, yeah, as a matter of fact, I am. <laughs> a hassler. Right. <laughs> Very yeah. poignant. Love it. Yeah. So, uh, for the for the uh, show we're talking, and uh, I, I I hear there's a ghost, alien, what have you. And this is this is like buffet at Golden Corral, right? I'm, I'm <laughs> and dive in. So, um, tell uh, Jason, tell us a little bit about yourself. And uh, then we'll start with the we'll start with the great stuff. Okay. Well, obviously, I'm Jason Hassler, as you said. I am the uh, director for Big River Paranormal in Portland, and we are the Taps family team for Oregon and parts of Washington. And we have a team in Idaho as well that is a Taps family team for Idaho. And I have my own uh, podcast as well called Hassling the Paranormal. Uh huh. Again, Hassling the Paranormal. Right. <laughs> Hey, Jason, can you tell us what TAPS is for people that don't know? Yeah. Sure. Um, so the original Ghost Hunters TV show with with Grant and Jason, they, yep. they created TAPS, which is the Atlantic Paranormal Society. Okay. So what the, so they were getting a bunch of re investigation help requests from all over the country, all over the world. And obviously they can't respond to all of them. So what they did was they created a, a family of teams that have – like ethical protocols and that kind of stuff to make sure that everything's being done correctly. But they have, we have teams all over the country and all over the world. That, so if, if uh, they get a, a case in, in the Washington, Oregon area, I will be the one who takes on that case. Gotcha. And decides if it's something we could help with or something we can't. Very yeah. cool. Yeah. I've met a grant a couple of times. Great guy. Uh, we, <laughs> I was doing another show at the time, uh, and so we were doing this video package and we kind of besieged him during this comic con, uh, <laughs> had him on the show the night before, but it, it fantastic guy. Uh, it, it is awesome. The way their, uh, taps has just grown oh, over yeah. the yeah. And now that, you know, uh, you have the taps, uh, here in Oregon and Washington, that is fantastic. How long have you uh, uh, has Taps been in Oregon? Um, 
As far as Oregon, I'm not sure. Um, I do know, let's see, I think our Idaho team, which is how we got started, our Idaho team has been around for about 20 years. And I don't know how long that has been. They've been the Taps family, but it's been significant time. Yeah, excellent. Uh, okay, we got to dive in. I, I would do a lot of more setup questions, but no, we're scrapping sure. right off the bat. We're going to get to <laughs> stuff all right jason uh set us up for the first uh experience you have and away we go all right cool so i will go with the ghost experience first um i was probably i would say 13 14 ish and i was uh i was in bed but i was watching tv i should have been sleeping but you know it was late at night and you know like we did as kids you know and uh the tv shut off and then it turned back on and it started to do that a few times and I didn't really get concerned. I just thought something was wrong with the TV at first, you know, I'm like, what the heck? So I'm getting kind of mad. And then the closet doors start shaking and then the closet doors start opening and the TV keeps going on and off the lights and everything. And like I had, I had CDs. I don't know. Young people, we all know what CDs are, but young people, they do little circular things with the music on them. And they were, (laughs) yeah. And they were, they were like moving around the room and all that kind of stuff. And, yeah, it, it was, the closet doors are banging and freaking me out. And then about, I'd say that happened for about 20, 30 seconds. And my door opened up and my brother, Richard, who his bedroom was upstairs. He heard what was going on. And he just basically grabbed me out of the bed and just, I was halfway up the stairs before I was like, what's he doing? You wow. know? Yeah. Wow. So as, as soon as he opened the door, everything stopped. It was crazy. I so bet. He, he heard something though and felt yeah. concerned enough to come and check on you. So that's yeah. Thing. Yeah. Oh yeah. As soon as the closet door is starting to shake, I'm out the window. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. I was I was more like frozen, like because I'm trying to convince myself that like I'm either dreaming or like this isn't really happening. And you sure. Because when something's like that, you know, you you're, you're thinking, oh, of course, you know, this has to be my imagination. You know, this can't be real. Yeah. And, so, you know, I thought maybe I'm the only one seeing it, but then Richard shows up and yanks me out of my room and right. who knows what would have happened had he not done that. Right. Did you guys ever figure out what the cause was or what started it? No, we were pretty young. So we just assumed that it was the house was haunted and which oh. wasn't something that was unique for our situation because we had lived in a haunted house previously. So, oh, wow. Yeah. So kind of ran it, in the family a little bit. That was something you're used to. Is that it? Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't something that like, I mean, it was scary, but it wasn't something that we were, it wasn't un, like new for us, you know? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So is that, is that the first uh, experience you had or was there others earlier? No, there was others earlier. We lived in this old farmhouse and it was, yeah. it was really old and we'd had some other family members had lived in it before we did. Oh, wow. And they had some experiences like uh, I can't really remember remember because I was pretty young. I was probably like six, seven, eight years old. But I know that my uncle had gone into one of the closets, and the door shut behind him, and he couldn't get the door open for a while. Wow. Yeah, and that was Crazy. and you know, and I know like we would hear we'd hear like in the middle of the night we'd hear like a, a person coughing in the bathroom, but nobody was in there. Oh wow! Stuff like that. Yeah. Oh man. Uh, yeah. Uh, so it sounds like you're pretty receptive to uh, the. Yeah. Um, did you always believe? I mean, when you when you were a kid and stuff, because uh, I think that uh, part of the reason why beyond like the natural energy and stuff is just 
uh, the child being open to it, you know, the yeah. blind, right. you know, or off. Exactly. Yeah. I always, I always, when I was a kid, like, of course, I kept having this, you know, hey, I'm just a kid. It's my imagination. It must not be what I think it is. But yeah. looking back, you know, like my brother and I talked in, about it and, you know, he went through some of the th same things and saw some of the same things. And, oh, wow. Yeah. So we had a, our closets in that old house had a, they were like touching. There was a wall in between, but they were touching. And uh, I would always see this guy in the closet, which is, I believe, the closet my uncle got stuck in. Uh -huh. But uh, but I would always see this guy. And I was just, you know, as a kid, I was I'd just hiding in a blanket like all kids do when they see something right. in the closet. Yeah. And, you know, I've talked to my brother and he saw the same thing in the in the closet as well when we were a kid. So, wow. you know, maybe that's just a thing that all kids, I mean, because most kids see things in the closet when they're growing up. I sure yeah. did. I sure yeah. did. It's always the closet. Yeah. I used to fill my bed with stuffed animals to protect me because whatever it was <laughs> scared me so bad. So, yeah, I, I can relate to that. <laughs> was there any contact? I mean, did, did you talk uh, to the to the man in the closet or is it just basically a visual uh, it was a visual i was afraid to gotcha you know me sure. a kid i was just wanted to go away oh, of course <laughs> yeah sure. and, and you should have named him bob and, <laughs> oh, i'm just kidding but yeah. uh um, okay, so this is this has got me really intrigued uh, as being a part of Taps. Uh, what mm -hmm. is give me some of the highlights here because this is great. So with with Taps, what we do is we go to a location, whether it be a Taps case or one like a commercial location I find for us or something for us to do. Um, the first thing we try to do is we go in like so I will have most of my team not know anything about the location that we're going to. So they'll go in blind. So they don't have any preconceived ideas. Smart. So, yeah. So it'll be me and, and like one or two other people, just depending on what's going on the location. We'll go and do the walkthrough and the paperwork and stuff with, with the client, find out what, what the claims are on the hotspots and that kind of stuff. And sure. the, the first, the first thing we do in investigation is we try to find logical explanations for what the client's experiencing. Okay. And a lot of times, in fact, most of the times we can, and, but sometimes we, we do find things that we can't explain. And that's when, you know, that's when it's a lot more fun. <laughs> yeah. Right. right. Yeah. I love the healthy bit of skepticism too, because uh, it helps you weed out everything that, uh, you know, that can be explained that because to yeah. me, when you get to the stuff you can't be explained away, it just gives it more uh, credibility. Right. Correct. Yeah. And you, you, you know, yeah, you do have, you know, and it's mostly for entertainment on television, but you have shows and stuff that everything's a ghost or a demon or, you know, right. everything's evil when we know that it's just not, you know, it's, right. but, you know, if, uh, if actual reality of paranormal investigation was a TV show, it, nobody would watch it. Right. I mean, it's mostly just a bunch of us sitting around in a dark room and claiming our body functions, so it doesn't sound like a demon on the recorder. You know? <laughs> oh man! I think um, though, for for listeners to just to give everybody a little bit of point of reference, I think when you're participating in this line of work, or as as we discussed earlier, Jason, this obsession, um, yeah. when you do finally make a connection of some kind, or or in this case, when you've had past experience, it's thrilling 
when you actually make a connection. So it's kind of like panning for gold because once you see it and feel it and get to really be a part of whatever it is, you want to do it again because it's fun. It's exciting. And so I I feel like it's an investment in love to try and connect with the paranormal and, and figure it out or get to know it better. Maybe whatever the case may be. Um, Can you tell us more about when you shifted from being the kid afraid of the closet man to the guy you are sitting in the chair today? Yeah. So I've always been, of course, because of my experiences, I was always curious as to what, what it was, what did I see? What's going on? So it, you know, my brother started to do some investigating as, you know, we were young, we didn't, didn't know what we're doing and sneaking into, you know, cemeteries like you're, do not do that if you're listening. Right. <laughs> Always get permission to be where you're, where you want to investigate. And you Thank can you do that if you do it right. So, right. Right. Yes. But, you know, as kids, we did stupid stuff. So, you know, we all did. And uh, some of us more than others. But, um, you know, so they would, <laughs> they would go out, you know, with the recorder and, and uh, you know, do take some pictures and audio and that kind of stuff. We had no idea what we were doing, but you know, we would do that. And then I found my team online uh, uh, looking for members and I joined and it's been about six years ago. And wow. Yeah. Excellent. You mentioned a little bit earlier, uh, earlier about, uh, you know, weeding out the things about like uh, ghosts or or demons, right? Mm -hmm. Have you ever run into anything in that neighborhood? No, I have okay. not. And, yeah. you know, that's, you know, it's very entertaining on TV. Yeah. But the reality is, and I'm non-religious, so demons for me is a religious thing. So, but yeah. uh, a lot of people believe in demons, but I do believe there are, you know, spirits out there in ghosts, whatever that are, in, you know, they're not nice, not good people, because I kind of believe that, you know, if you, if, if you believe that what ghosts are is people who've passed on sure. and, and have died, then that, you know, if you were a, a jerk when you were alive, you're probably <laughs> going to be a jerk when you're dead too. You know, that's, why would you change? That's a very commonly understood <laughs> philosophy in this business. And I would have to agree. I mean, I think in my experience, I have dealt with some demons in the past, but most of the time it's just somebody that's pissed off or angry or frustrated um I provoked. Had, yes i had one not too long ago about two years ago that um really felt like his situation after he died was handled really badly by his estate attorney and he was just <laughs> angry he was literally yeah. just mad and that's why you know for lack of a better point if you're frustrated in life you definitely don't want to lose your body because you can't do anything once you're dead and you still have your thoughts and your problems. So, yeah. yeah. It's like problem yeah. solving when you're a ghost is far more frustrating without a body and, to figure things yeah. out with. And that's one of the theories that people have that the reason they stick around is because they have unfinished business. Exactly. You know, so. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, hey, uh, hey um, have you ever been in the middle of a, an investigation with a, kind of a, you know, not, not a nice ghost and just sat there and say, Dude, you're a dick. No. <laughs> no, we have a strict um a strict no provoking policy. Really? Because okay. Our what what our goal yeah. is when we go into a location, whether it be residential or commercial, is to help the the client be more comfortable in their in their own space. Okay. So, 
if we were in there and pissed off their ghosts and left, that would be a dick thing to do. Okay. You know? Right, right. That's why they won't let me join, man. (laughs) Yeah. So, like, now I'll be honest. I think that provoking could get responses, but is it going to be the result that you want? Maybe not. Right. Right. Uh, How many uh, over the six years you've been uh, uh, with the current paranormal society? How uh, how many cases have you guys been on? Um, that's a good question. I I should go and, and count them and see how many I've done. But I do know over the 20 years of Big River Paranormal in Idaho and Oregon, Washington, they've done about 900 cases. Jeez. Holy yeah. That's yeah. a lot. That um, is a lot. How do people I, find you? How, how do they normally contact you? Is it word of mouth? Is it Are you out? Sometimes it is. Um, and then, of course, through TAPS, and people contact the TAPS family oh, okay. through their okay. website or the TV show. Sure. And we're on Facebook, and we, we have our own website and that okay. kind of stuff. And we in the conferences and all that kind of stuff we go to. And then, of course, I do my own my own research. I go out and find locations for us and stuff. Okay. Yeah. Amazing. Hey, uh, some that always intrigues me are EVPs. Uh, mm-hmm. So. And people out there don't know what that is. It's electronic voice phenomenon. Uh, have you, uh, do you guys get a good amount of those? And if so, uh, really, what's it like? I would say that's probably the easiest way to get evidence. That's probably our most common. I mean, video evidence is very rare. I mean, we have gotten some, but it's pretty rare. Um, as far as EVPs, the problem with that is they're very hard to to decipher sometimes what they're saying okay different classes but like you can get like a class a avp where you know exactly what it's saying and there's no doubt about that and then you know what's hard too is then when you when we're listening back to so we're doing evidence review and it it takes us quite a long time say we had an investigation and it was three hours long and we had four audio recorders and three cameras it takes about double the time the investigation to go over you know one hour would be about two you know because yeah. you have to stop and go back and then you have to call your other teammate and be, Hey, check this out. What do you think? Right. And then most of the time we'll, we'll figure out what it was as opposed to, Oh, this was a EVP, but you know, we do get some decent ones that we can't explain or, or, or ones that are responsive to questions that we ask and that kind of stuff. Sure. So, uh, what, what sort of hardware are you using uh, for like the EVPs and stuff? I, 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 I'm a kind of a gearhead, so I'm, I'm interested to see. Uh, what Honestly, we just go very basic. So if we just have like the Zoom uh, in, in the little basic Olympus digital recorders, nothing fancy. Okay. And then yeah, it just depends. And as far as like the program we use to, to do a review, it just depends on who's doing the review and what program they like themselves. So we don't use any, we don't do anything like and we'd like to, but because it's easier to understand with the EVP, but when we present the EVP to the client, it's exactly what we recorded. It's not, we don't enhance it in any way because once you've done that, then people could say, well, you've played with it. So it may uh, not be legit. Gotcha. So, yeah. So what we do is we just show them exactly what we got. That's what I was just going to ask. If someone, if I were to have hired you for something, um, what do you provide someone if you find things that you can't debunk? How do you present that to someone when they ask for your help? 
Yeah. Um, so what what we do first is we go in and we talk to them, okay, this is what you were experiencing and this is what we found. And okay. you know, a lot we like to show them, okay, we found this logical explanation for this and that. And then what we'll do is we what we did find some things that we can't explain and we'll get we'll just show it to them and ask their opinion because it's their space and a lot of times they'll know what it is it's oh. oh that's just this and it's not actually paranormal but they'll know what it is and sometimes they don't and they're like you know unfortunately sometimes that scares them more than it you know than our intention um, but yeah dude, but, but, oh, sure but our, yeah yeah but yeah. but honestly if it was dangerous, we wouldn't be doing it. You know, I wouldn't take right. my team into a dangerous situation. And sure. we've never had an issue where where somebody's been followed home or anything like that. And I think it's oh, because the way I think it's because of the way we do things. We don't provoke. We don't, you know, right. If if you're provoking somebody, you know, maybe they would follow you home and mess with you. I don't know. Like right. I'm yeah. not gonna find out the hard way. Yeah, right. that's smart. That's smart. That's a good idea. Yeah. Hey, uh, what sort of places do you guys investigate? I mean, I, I suppose residential and commercial, but mm -hmm. give, give me some of the highlights of the cool places you guys have gone. Sure. Um, one of my favorite places is in Port Gamble, Washington. I don't know if you yeah. guys, have you guys been to Port Gamble? No, oh, you've yeah. heard of it though, yes. Okay, the conference up there is really cool. Pete runs the conference up there. It's really awesome. Uh, but the Walker Ames House is one of my favorite places to investigate. In Port Gamble, yeah, that's a great place. We've gotten a lot of good evidence on from really? that place. Yeah, cool. Uh, can you give me a little? Uh, since I'm not really that familiar, uh, can you give me a little background on that house? Uh, how how did it uh, really get known? The lore behind it. That's a good question. I don't have that information myself. Um, I actually am not the historian for my team, so oh. I don't. I try to go in as is. Uh, because I get to know all the claims and all that kind of stuff because obviously I have to do the walkthrough and stuff, but I don't try to get a lot of the history and stuff that way, you know, oh, so yeah. that way I, at least I have something where I'm not, you know, knowing yeah. everything and having preconceived ideas of what's gotcha. what I'm looking gotcha. at. But honestly, I don't really know a lot of the, uh, a lot of the uh, details about the history of the house. Okay. Uh, what are some, what are some more places? Have you guys ever like gone into like uh old uh mental hospitals i would or, like to but they're hard to get into at this yeah. point because either they have patients still and they don't allow you or the place is is not open anymore and it's locked up and it's not safe to go in so it's kind of hard to find something in between where you can actually safely go in and get permission to be in, in there at the same time so right we haven't we would like to do that um we've done let's see here we do a lot of bars, a lot of a lot of bars. Uh, theaters have a lot of history, so we've done a lot of mm -hmm. uh, theaters. Theaters are cool. Okay. Okay. Uh, I want to know what Jason Hassler's bucket list is uh, for investigating. I would really like to spend in uh, twenty four hours in Alcatraz. Oh man! Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That was I think that would. I think that would be a great place to investigate. We we uh our Boise team runs the Idaho Old State Pen. So they run the investigations there, the public investigations, and we oh, wow. do every every year we do a uh, team only investigation there. And it's just us in the middle of the night in this old prison and it's really cool. Wow. Oh man, Alcatraz. That would be really cool. So wow. Alcatraz would be great, you know, because yeah. I've experienced the one in Idaho. And it's weird because going in the my first time going to the one in, in Boise. 
I thought that it was going to be really heavy and, and depressing and that kind of, and it really wasn't like I, it had a very home-like feel and I was like, I don't understand. But then I started to realize for the prisoners that was home. Sure. Oh, yeah. That makes yeah. sense. That I mean, they're not, that's, that's a lot of those guys weren't going home. That was, so that was home for them. So, so they tried to make the best, the best of it. What's the funniest thing that a ghost has said to you or to your team? <laughs> So we were setting up in the Walker Ames house one night and we had this teammate. She's not, she's not on our team anymore, but she, she's a loud talker and her name was Sherry and she was just really loud. And uh, my daughter, Mariah, who's also my assistant director, she says, did somebody just shish us? Like, you know, you can, we actually have it on our website, uh-huh. but she, we listened back. We could actually hear the ghosts going, Shh, you know, like <laughs> tell us to shut up really. That's awesome. <laughs> Yeah. Kind of right? Yeah. Right? Like, like, come on, guys, it's late, you know? It's like the classic Ghostbuster ghost shushing at the beginning of the movie. I love that. I love that. So tell us what was the scariest thing that's ever happened to you so far? As far as on investigations, I wouldn't say I've ever been scared. There have been and I'll be honest about it, that some of the the hardest things to deal with on investigations aren't actually the ghost, it's the client. Okay. Okay. Sometimes they have, clients can have unrealistic expectations of what you're going to do when you get there because they watch too much TV or or they're just crazy. Because, I mean, mean, let's be honest, (laughs) one of of the uh, things we do have to look at with the client is do they have mental illness? Do they have addiction issues? Do they have, you know, there's there's a lot of things that can happen that cause them to believe that they're and we also have to take into mind that just because they do have mental health issues or maybe addiction issues they could still be having something paranormal going on so absolutely we have so we have in fact i think more likely if they have especially drug issues because my theory is if you can't if you're on drugs and you don't you can't really understand reality then a a ghost or maybe a evil spirit or demon or whatever you want to call it could take advantage of that because you don't realize that you know like you're already messed up and you're you're high and you know you don't know that it's real and because you're high yeah yeah well it does i do believe it makes people more vulnerable and i also believe that when someone is alternately medicated or or (laughs) mentally altered in some way or another whether it's artificial or not um they're definitely a target because they're weaker. Um, I, I am a medium and I've actually found that when I am sick or really tired is when I get hammered sometimes by mischievous ghosts because I'm more vulnerable. I'm not on the top of my brain. So I'm not paying attention to things like I normally would. And I'll hear things or see things that I don't normally see because I've taken the time to protect myself and, and be more cognizant of my surroundings. And I think that that's a really valid point. I'm glad you brought that up because I know for a lot of people, our first inclination is to question, what did I just see? What was that real? You know, but when you're paranoid, if you're experiencing paranoia, then it becomes so much more worse. So I, I appreciate very much that you're talking about it in that way, because I think if you're able to just, not just debunk what people are experiencing, but maybe give them a little sense of comfort that yeah, no, you're not nuts. You know, you you can hear things that maybe you don't understand and 
And isn't it great that we found out it was your ice machine and, or, right. or, you know, or, some, yeah. or, you know, an old thermometer on the side of the house that keeps tapping when it's windy or whatever the case may be. Yeah. Um, I would, yeah. would say the, the craziest thing we ever had, we had this, this guy, he, uh, he was calling and calling and calling all the time talking about, oh. he has this demon, he, he has a demon in his house and it oh. pulls him out of bed and attacks him and his wife and his dogs oh. are scared. And so, we went yeah. down there to do an investigation because one of the what we don't do is we don't go and cleanse people's houses for them. We don't get rid of spirits okay. or anything like that. So what we do is we go try to see what's really going on before we and if, if that's something the client is interested in after we do our investigation, we can refer them to people that we know that gotcha. do that kind of stuff. It's just okay. not really our our kind of thing. But so we go down there to see this gentleman and uh we get there and his dogs, there's no dogs, there's no wife. So that was the first red flag. Okay. You know, like, and he's like, oh, they're they're just gone for the evening. Well, okay, that kind of that okay, maybe she was scared, you know. Maybe they just got the dogs out there so they wouldn't be in the way. Who knows? Right. So I didn't think, but then I could kind of tell this guy, you know, you could tell when people have addiction issues a lot. And I could tell that he either currently was facing an addiction issue or was has dealt with that in the past. I could just kind of tell. Okay. Right. And so it was a question that I we do ask those questions. And he did admit that he he had been in using narcotics not he didn't admit to currently using narcotics but he said he goes like na and that kind of stuff sure and uh, so one of the things he told us was that the uh the the demon will pull him out of every time he's laying in bed it pulls him out of bed so we set up cameras in the bedroom told him to go lay in the bedroom you know and of course he faked it and all that we could tell that he's faking it as he's you know pulling himself out of the bed and stuff when we're reviewing the video go back but we were all standing there in his living room and he says, he told us he speaks French and he said the demon spoke French and he kept telling us the demon wants us to go out in the backyard and go in my shed. And I was like, Man, we're, we're not going to go in the shed. And we're just like, he's like, no, it really wants us to go in the shed. We're all just kind of like, we're not going in your shed, dude. And finally, yeah. we're just like, we're not going in the shed. It's time to wrap up. You're freaking us out. So okay. that's what we ended up doing because, you know, I did tell him like, Hey, you know, I told him, you know, you've, you've, you've gotten help for your, your addiction issues. And he said, yeah. And I was like, have you been doing that recently? And he's just kind of, mm, you know, yeah. maybe, maybe start there and see what happens, you know, and we never heard from him again, but like, who knows what he had planned for us in the shed, but I wasn't going to find out. Maybe it was completely innocent. I don't know, but interesting. It's yeah. definitely something you have to, Keep in mind when you're going to people's homes, you you can only do so much over the phone or even in right. person until you you know you you don't know if somebody just changes completely. You got to be able to get your team out of there in a safe manner and yeah. So, and you brought up a good point about uh, and Holly too about people being uh, vulnerable, right? And, yeah. and so I'd like to do a public service announcement and say, please do not get drunk and high and mess with the Ouija board. Right. Okay? That, I've, I've heard stories. Yeah. Uh, yes. <laughs> well, and then the other thing I'd like to say is I know um, from experience, there's people that like to do ride alongs with the fire department or police department. And I know that there's people that have been asking me about doing that version of something like with a group like yours to do a ride along. Mm -hmm. Do you guys ever do that? Do you allow outside people to go with you as observers? Um, occasionally what we'll do is one of the things I like to do, one of the things that we, a big thing that we like to do is education of the public. So okay. what we'll do is we'll have a location. We'll go and investigate as a team. And then sometimes that location says, Hey, 
you can do a public investigation here. So what we'll oh. do is, like, for instance, the uh, Lions Lodge, the Masonic Lodge in Independence, Oregon. Okay. We've worked with them several times. We'll, we'll have them sell, we'll sell tickets, and then people will come in to investigate with us, and then that money will go to the charity of whatever nice. the, the Masonic Lodge wants to use it for, usually a children's That's charity awesome. or whatever. Sure. So we So people can come in and learn how we do things, and, and it's pretty cool to do that and teach that people. Cool. And yeah, we had, great. like, last October we had what we did last October is we had a like a party before for kids they all came in their costumes oh, we had candy fun. and and the coloring books and that kind of stuff and and they could uh, we showed them our equipment and that, that and so it was cool because there was like this boy there and he was probably like seven years old and he uh -huh. came over to our table with all our equipment and he was a big tv uh paranormal tv fan so he was like telling us what our, our equipment was used for and everything it was oh, pretty wow. cool so He's like, I want to be just like you guys. And I'm like, well, you know, looks like he was well on his way. But we, <laughs> what a but difference, we, though. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, we were talking a little bit before we started the program. And um, Jason Hassler and I had talked a little bit about why people in the past didn't talk about the subject and why um, things have changed quite a bit that now, you know, in as Jason put it, you know, in the past, you'd be afraid that someone would lock you up for being cuckoo or whatever. And now you go on TV when it happens. So it's yeah. a big shift in, in people's attitudes. And, and I'm appreciative that there's curiosity for the paranormal. Um, but I do think like our Jason was saying, we need to be courteous and aware of who we're doing this with and why and how mm -hmm. um, we need to not do things haphazardly and, and sure it's fun and exciting, but, it still isn't something to mess with. So if someone was wanting to do what you do, Jason, and step their toe in the water and start doing investigations or put a shingle out and put an ad and say, hey, let me investigate your paranormal. What would be like three things you would tell someone to do or not do in your line of work? The first thing you got to think about is this really for you. Okay. Because there are a lot of people that, think it's cool and they want to come right and they've come on investigations and then they aren't mentally prepared for what they see or or maybe they're just overlooking for things and we've had people that we've had to escort out because they're having issues for things that probably didn't exist okay but, so it's not for everybody but the, the number one rule for me is if you're going to do it, do it correctly with ethics and morals. Okay. Don't go into a place you do not have permission to be in. If you can't get permission, you can't go in, just like your neighbor's okay. house. If your neighbor sure. doesn't want you to come in, you don't get to. So right. that's the number one thing for me is, is to get permission to be where you're going to be. And when sure. you do get in there, do it right. Don't go in there with your Ouija board and swearing at people and trying to summon a demon or whatever it is they think is fun. Right. Don't do that because when you do that, the next legit paranormal team that comes around and wants to investigate investigate the location, the owner of that location is going to take a pass on that because the last people were idiots. So right. they, they lumps us all in as idiots. And, and it's already, you know, it's already hard enough sometimes when people make fun of us like, oh, yeah, you guys are going to go find ghosts because like, a lot of people don't believe in ghosts or their religion, you know, makes them believe otherwise. And right. Right. Sometimes. So do you, uh, do you get some of that? Like people wanting to join uh, and the, you know, it's, it's just a lark for them, you know, or mm -hmm. uh, a fun amusement. I mean, how, we, how do you get the people that, you know, obviously are doing yeah. it, you know, 
We we get a lot of applications and we do interviews with them. It's just like when somebody applies for us, it's just like a regular job. We, we'll we'll sit down and we have a list of questions for them. We talk about their team rules and that kind of stuff and and what exactly our team rules. You know, right. you have to agree to to abide by the team rules. And yeah. so the good thing is we could weed some people out that way, but we also can't weed everybody out because people lie. Yeah. You know? yeah. So you don't know until you get them on an investigation how they're going to react to that. Right. So that's that's so a tough one there. It says here that you work in Area 51. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. It's like it's like yeah. I mean, it, it's funny because like we were interviewing a guy once and he was completely normal, and he was like just talking about his wife, his kids, his dogs, all that kind of stuff. In mid sentence, he looks at me and said. One day I woke up with a demon head on my chest. And because I have no filter, my next response was, well, where was the rest of him? <laughs> you know, just the head? Like, you know. But at that point, it was like, I don't think this guy's going to work. You know? Right. Oh, my gosh. That's yeah. funny. That was seriously yeah, funny. It just yeah. came out, you know, because I have no filter. Right. But, you yeah. know. <laughs> but it's like, a Jason oh. thing. It is a Jason mm -hmm. characteristic to blurt. So it's yeah. okay. We're used to that here. It's all right. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I've been known to be a blurter. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. You're a good company. Yeah. Next question is, um, where do you see uh, Big River going in the next few years? I mean, do you guys have goal, you know, goals that you want to do? And if you could share that with us, that would be awesome. Well, for me as a team director for Portland, my goal is to, what I want to do is start having more events. Is uh, want to have lots of investigations. We try to do about one investigation a month okay. because people, well, people don't realize it takes a lot of work. I mean, yeah. these investigations, you don't just get to walk in and investigate. There's historical right. reports. There's all sorts of stuff that goes into it. And then, of course, the investigation and then the evidence review, which is the hardest part. But my goal is I want to, I want to do more events and in, in kind of like what you see on like uh, finding Bigfoot where they would go to these cities and they would have like a town hall meeting and they would talk about what they do, how they do it. And then ask for people's stories. Have you seen a Bigfoot? That kind of, I kind of want to do that for us as well and, and go around. And I did one a while back in Goldendale, Washington. It was pretty cool. I had people and some people showed up, want to tell their ghost stories. And what really? it does is, is it, it gets your name out and then you can educate people about what maybe they, because everybody's going to show you their ring doorbell or pictures and stuff. And you could explain sure. to them what it really is. Right. And then, you know, so you're going to help with that. And then sometimes it gets you cases and sometimes it gets you team members. You just, you know, the more you go out and educate the public and the more mainstream it makes what paranormal investigating really is, as opposed to what you see on TV. I mean, a lot of the shows on TV, some of them are really good. Others, sure. uh, you know, are just BS. <laughs> Right, it's entertainment, you know. That so now I, I have an interesting question for you. I think that you uh -huh. find so this one other team that we had talked to explained to us that um, when they do encounter a ghost, they have a policy to not always work with the ghost to leave the site unless it's something that's mutually agreed upon. How do you uh -huh. guys deal with your team if you have someone that's? I'm just going to throw out a, a fake situation. So if okay. If you go to a you know a research situation where you're looking to find a specter or ghost from a, a family and the family says, look, we don't want to get rid of Uncle Bob. We just don't want him waking us up anymore. 
How do you mm -hmm. handle that? What's your policy? How do you do that? Okay. So one of the things that we do is we, we're not going to be able to clean. We don't cleanse the house. We don't get rid of spirits, but I do right. know people that do that kind of thing. And I also know people who specialize in helping people live with the spirits they have in their house. So okay. I'll know the, so you basically just have to connect them with the right medium. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, right. We've talked a lot about ghosts and stuff. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go off in left field, which Holly can say that I do a lot. Um, <laughs> um, I want to touch on like any, like uh, anything to do with like UFOs and aliens. Okay. Is we, there a. We don't as a team have much to do with that. We're all very interested in it, but it's kind of hard to investigate a UFO sighting. We don't have a spaceship to go up and look around, but right, right. that'd be cool if we did. But, you right. know, being able to see something like that isn't something you could just go out and, of course, you can interview people and get information and that kind of stuff and corroborate stories with other people and say, okay, everybody's got the same story, but, you know, yeah. then you have to go to the government and say, hey, what was going on? And they're not going to tell you, so right. you're wasting your time. Right. <laughs> you know? So, I mean... Some of us have our own experiences. I, I had an experience as a child when I was, I want to say I was like seven or eight years old. Okay. I was, it was the old farmhouse. It was the old haunted farmhouse. And I was, right. I was uh, laying in bed. It was late at night and we lived by a uh, camp Bonneville, which was the military base. I don't think it's open anymore, Okay. but, but they had, they would often do like military exercises over there, like with helicopters and stuff at night. And sure. I just kind of thought that's what it was. But yeah. I got up to look out the window because I thought it was cool to watch the helicopters and the people jumping out of helicopters and that kind of stuff all the time. And right. so I got up to look and there was a UFO and it was just like this bright light. And I was, of course, I'm thinking I'm a kid. I'm not seeing what I'm seeing. I'm just, right. you know, am I dreaming? Am I, you know, so we have these three buildings out in the field. It was like on a four, 40 acres, I believe it was. Okay. And these three okay, old nice. buildings that, yeah, they weren't, the buildings weren't used anymore, but, uh, but they, I assume they were used for like hay, you know, storage of hay and all that kind of stuff back sure, in the day. Sure. But uh, the UFO landed and it landed on the middle building. And on so top? I freaked out. Yeah. Okay. Uh -huh. So I freak out and I scream to my parents and they're like, yeah. shut up, bad dream, go back to sleep. Right, right, right. So the next morning when we all got up, that building was crushed. Oh, geez. Yeah. The, okay. the, the roof of that building wow. was crushed. What, but then, like, looking back, I'm like, why would they la land on the building? There was 40 acres to land. I mean, like, what were they doing? But that's they, yeah, they, I mean, but the <laughs> my first question they, is where, what state was this in, and what was, <laughs> that was in Vancouver, Washington, actually. What, Whoa. yeah, really? And yes. how long ago was this? Well, I'm 43 now, so it was a long time ago. Wow, that's yeah, incredible, yeah. That's incredible. You could have said you're like 27 or something. You know, it's it's all good. Yeah, yeah, but everybody knows. You know, I guess 43 yeah. isn't that old yet, but no, no, <laughs> you could be much older. Trust me, you could be much, much older. And I and I hope to be one day, just not now. Yeah. Right? No, I get it. I get it. Well, that's incredible. That's absolutely incredible. I've always that's thought about like number. going and. Yeah, I want to like. I, part of me wants to get hypnotized and see if there was more because I have little flash memories of certain things, like the gray aliens. I, I remember seeing them in my house. That was one of the things that my brother and I talked about as adults because we just thought because we're kids, but we saw the same stuff. Like, like we both saw like 
with the, these uh, a hand on the door and then like the head come around like this, the big alien head, you know, and, like, we both saw the same thing looking at us in our room. Yeah. Those were kids. And we both remember thinking, why aren't the dogs doing anything? But the dogs paid them no attention at all because we had boxers and you would think, you know, if something was in your house, they'd be freaking out. But the dogs acted like they were, weren't even there. That's interesting. Yeah. So if you're serious about wanting to be hypnotized, I can hook you up. So let me. Yeah. I've talked to uh, McKenna Long and she's talked about wanting to do that. I don't know if you know McKenna, but I don't, I just don't. Yeah. I don't know if I'm there yet. Maybe I don't want to know what happened. Maybe it was a probe situation. I'd much rather not remember. Well, the nice part is, is if you were to do something like that, it's done in a very safe way. And if you decide at any point that you're uncomfortable, you can be taken out quickly so that you don't have to suffer or be uncomfortable. My brother... My brother actually has a tattoo on his arm and it's the old farmhouse and a UFO above it and it's sucking up a person. Huh. It's a tattoo of it? Yes. Oh my so gosh, he, Jason. Seriously? Well, I, told him, I told him, I said, why did you get a tattoo of my first anal probe? You know, like, oh, what are you doing? <laughs> and he's like, your fr-, he just harasses me about it. He's like, your first, huh? I'm like, well, I assume they're going to do it again. You know? Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. That's my brother and then my brother got a big uh, gray alien tattoo on his other arm it's he, he, he's got a lot of tattoos apparently yeah. so do you yeah. have tattoos like that too jason not like that i don't unfortunately i don't have the funding that he does for that okay so. okay so he's got yeah. the art investment thing going on yeah, I've got a, I got a few small tattoos, but nothing uh, paranormal related yet. Gotcha. Okay, fair. That's fair. Uh, can, wow. Holly, can you imagine that we do a show like, "Hey, this is Jason." All episode probing. <laughs> you know. Uh, okay. So I love that he has a tattoo. That's just too funny. Yeah. I love yeah. that. Wow. You get like a sponsor for the probing episode, like KY or something. Something exactly <laughs> right. Oh my goodness! Yeah. Yep. This hour sponsored by Preparation. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Hey, um, do you guys handle like any stories of like Bigfoot or anything or cryptid? Um, we usually don't. I do know. I don't know if you heard that Margie's Outdoor Store up in the gorge. No. There's a place up. It's it's. It, I think believe it's called Benjin was is the name of the place. But he's got like this outdoor store. It's called Margie's, and next door they have a marijuana shop as well, which is you know kind of interesting. <laughs> but they have like an outdoor store for like camping supplies and that kind of stuff. Sure. And then they have like a paranormal area where people can go and and they take reports. They they map it all out and everything of reports of people seeing Bigfoot and whatever else oh, they wow. see in the gorge. So yeah, yeah that's, that's that's really cool. I went up there and, and and met the guy James that owns the place. He was an interesting guy. He had all sorts of stories, and they go and like if somebody comes and reports like a Sasquatch, you know, sighting, they'll actually go out there and see if they can find footprints or any evidence or anything like that. And, wow, yeah. incredible! That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. Oh now, man. The other thing that you do that we haven't talked about yet that we should mention is let's talk about your podcast and when did you start that and what do you like to go over on your podcast what do you like to talk about so i started last september and i uh, okay. i pretty much i enjoy having guests on with any paranormal topic really i've had okay. ufo 
ghosts, aliens. I've had multiple psychics, pet psychics, all sorts oh, of different wow. people. Yeah, it's, it's been a lot of fun. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Um, hey, give um, uh, give the URL real quick and and do some promo stuff like where people yeah. catch the uh, uh, yes, podcast. please do. Yeah, it's called Hassling the Paranormal, and it's on Apple, Spotify, all major platforms. Okay. And yeah, I've got uh, fourteen episodes in now, so. Nice. Okay. Yeah, and I have a Facebook too, so you can check out Hassling the Paranormal podcast Facebook on Facebook, and it should have all my information on how to find everything there as well. Okay, cool. Okay. Very cool. Hey, uh, give, give us the deets on uh, uh, your uh, the taps and uh, Big River. What do you want to know? <laughs> uh, just give them URLs. And, oh, okay. And- detail. So, if you're looking, if you're outside of the Oregon, Idaho, Washington area. And you need some assistance with uh, paranormal. You have a ghost in your house, whatever it is. You can go to Taps and look at the Taps family website. And there's a list of each Taps family team and how to communicate with them. And we do have our our own website, bigriverparanormal.com. And you can go on there and check out all the evidence that we've posted. We don't uh, post anything residential. And we, we, some of our, uh, it sucks because some of our best investigations are places that people want to remain confidential. So we couldn't uh-huh. put evidence. So, you know, cause some businesses are like, yeah, we want you to come in and check this out, but we don't want anybody to know because right. you know, people think we're crazy or religious preferences or whatever. We never do residentials on our website. Sure. We keep all those private, but, right. but yeah, we, we have a lot of uh, evidence on, on our, for Portland and Boise, a lot of cool wow. stuff, a lot, a lot of EVPs, a little bit of video. Oh yeah. Yeah. Neat. Give give us the URL and how they can contact. Contact on, so basically the contact would just be at uh, bigriverparanormal.com and there's a contact us page there. Okay. That's great. I want to make sure that uh, you promote everything and get everything out there. Uh, Yeah, appreciate it. uh, uh, Would you keep in touch with us? Because I'm really intrigued about some of the investigations that are going on. You know, yeah, yeah, we've got two coming. We got one next weekend, and then we got one in Tillam. One next weekend in Vancouver. I can't really talk about that one yet because I haven't had the. I'm sure they're going to allow us to talk about it, but I don't have the paperwork signed yet. So sure, but it's a it's a local uh, bar, okay, in Vancouver, and then we have another one in Tillamook coming at the end of the month, and I'm not sure if they're going to let us talk about that one or not kind of iffy on that one because i think the building's for sale so interesting yeah. interesting yeah hey yeah. quick question then maybe, maybe you know maybe don't uh like when you're selling a place or whatever do you do you have to disclose if there's like a haunting or something or is that something they just want to keep quiet i think it's different between because i've heard some states you know if they w- do make you disclose if you believe it's haunted but i'm not sure which states those are but i have heard that i've also heard that some states make you disclose if somebody's passed away in the in the home right that's actually i believe that's almost nationwide like almost all 50 states require that but that's took years to get into place i mean that was so common people didn't all go to the hospital to die you know 75 years ago everybody died at home yeah so yeah. it was very uncommon to go to a medical facility to pass away. So it was kind of expected that when you bought a used home, someone yeah. had likely died in it, you know, just because people kept their homes a lot longer than they do nowadays. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, I get it. 
I, yeah, I, I mean, I guess I, I guess I would kind of want to know. I would kind of want to know, but then maybe I wouldn't want to know because if something started to happen, I'd want to have, <laughs> you know, rather than like expecting, oh, I know somebody's grandpa died in this room here, you know, and right. like you're expecting to to hear of that, and then everything is, you know, yeah. you, you come up with the idea, then you're telling yourself that's what you hear, right? Hey, Holly, do you have any uh, last questions before we let uh, Jason loose and let him take over the world? Sure. I would like to know if you are going to any special events in the near future. And if so, what are they? Let's see. Nothing right up immediate. I do know the Port Gamble Ghost Conference. Okay. I don't have the exact dates in front of me, but Port Gamble Ghost Conference is in November. Right. And they have a website to check out and they got Facebook as well. Okay. And I, I will be on the uh, Paranormal Pete show again, April 18th. Okay. That's his. That's Pete's 100th episode. So he's having a bunch nice. of different paranormal, paranormal people on that have. I believe people have been on his show. It's going to be like a panel thing. He's doing like two hours. He's going to do a panel oh with like goodness. one group and then another group after that. So that's going to be pretty cool. That'll so be cool. If, if you haven't seen the Paranormal Pete show, it's pretty good. I like Pete. He's he's a good guy. So where is he based out of? Port Gamble. Oh, yeah. he is. Okay. Okay. Yep. Yeah, I noticed when I checked the information on Port Gamble, they've actually been going 14 years is what I found. Yeah. So, yeah they, it, it, comparatively to the Seaside one that's only been there a few years. So, yeah. yeah the, well, the Seaside one used to be in Oregon City. Right, right. But like yeah. a total of 11 years or something, I think. I want to say it's like 12 or 13, but COVID had an effect on that too. Oh, yeah. sure. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So, the, you know, and then of course, you know, next, what is it? The end of March, the last weekend of March next year will be the Oregon Ghost Conference. That's always a really good time. I yeah. know you were there and yeah, we're going to, we're getting a booth this next year. We signed up already. Yeah. So we always excited. do every year. Yeah. We, we help with the, uh, we helped with the bridge tender investigations. Nice. So that, that, that was pretty cool. That's yeah. interesting place. Very cool. Well, yeah. I think I have to say, we are very pleased to have you with us, Jason. And thank you. Yeah, so thanks for much having me for sharing yeah. so much with us tonight. Those were wonderful stories. We'd love to have you back again sometime. And Sounds great. About how you're doing and how your group's progressing. That would be great. Yeah, that'd be great. All right. Excellent. Yeah. Today's show has been awesome. And uh, it's been a hoot. <laughs> and, uh, so yeah, Holly, I think I'm going to wrap this up here. Okay. And uh, put it to bed. Folks, thank you for joining us on Midnight Alchemy for Holly and Jason Hassler. Let me bid you all a goodbye and adieu. <laughs>